breast implant illness, a revealing interview with Cheyenne Burnett, the explant rebel. Join us as Cheyenne Burnett, the explant rebel, shares her journey with breast implant illness, BII, from getting implants as a young woman to experiencing unexplained symptoms and finally healing. Cheyenne reveals the real dangers of breast implants. Now dedicated to educating and supporting others suffering from BII, she offers hope and guidance. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. you a little bit about the guests that we have today. Cheyenne Burnett is a renowned women's health advocate, author, and speaker. As the founder of ExplantSecrets.com, she leads in educating about breast implant illness and providing affordable solutions. Featured on platforms like Fox News, CNC, The Times, Women on Top, and recently delivered a compelling talk at TEDx Woodinville. Away from her advocacy, she enjoys exploring nature with her partner, Brad, and their three children. I am so pleased to welcome Miss Cheyenne to the stage. Hi, Cheyenne. Hi. It's a pleasure to have you. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show. Oh, it's an absolute honor, April, truly. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. So Cheyenne, you've got this incredible topic. This is not something that's usually brought up in conversation. It's not something that's usually uh, anybody's advocating for. So what you're doing is really unique. And I think it's very much needed because it is something that comes up a lot, as you know. So excited to dive into this conversation. Let's start by sharing with the audience more about you. Can you tell us a little about yourself? Absolutely. I am a French fashion fiend. I love Italian food. I'm partial to a lychee martini and I'm madly in love with my husband and I have the coolest kids and my breast implants tried to kill me. And that led to a wild journey that I, I had no idea when I stepped into to the space of even just being willing to consider that my breast implants were the problem, that it was going to lead me down this revolution of thought and wellness. And I had to, to really dive into every belief that I ever had about beauty and women's health. And it's been an absolutely wild and scary and so profoundly healing journey. And I'm, I'm so grateful to be here now serving other women going through this exact same thing. Yeah. And you're right, Cheyenne, you talked about how your whole idea of what beauty means has really shifted and changed through this process. So I am very much looking forward to diving in here. We, we had a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago at Brian Bradley, and he does a lot of work with, um, Yes. Yeah. I so love Brian. Familiar with him. Yeah. yeah. And you, you know, some he, he shared a story during the interview about a woman who who had breast implants and considering removing them, et cetera. And he he asked her. He invited her to consider what was the reason for getting the implants to begin with, and to start questioning yourself of why we make the changes want to show up differently physically uh, in the first place. And what are the emotional ties? What are the traumas beneath that to, oh, to begin know. with? So what, what was your experience with that? You know, I, I think it's, um, it's really important to understand that 
my experience is mine, right? I am one of millions of women and I'm so excited to get to share with you my experience, but there's so many reasons that women get breast implants. It's not a one size fits all thing. And it's not because we're vain or because we have, you know, this best way to verbalize it. it it's not just about the physical thing, right? It, it's exactly what you said, April. It's, it's a deep seated issue that we've been lied to and, and we've been told that, that beauty is this one thing, right? And so we're all striving to fit what somebody else's opinion of beautiful is. And we're, we're not taught to define that term for ourselves. And as young girls, as young women, that is, is really apparent in the world that we live in, right? I mean, in, I, I'm in the US, right? So where, where we are, we, um, you know, all you have to do is turn on the TV and, or open a, a magazine and you see the expectation of what, mm-hmm. what for me personally, um, I, I was really young. So I was 19 when I got my breast implants, which is wild to me. I'm 32 today. And I'm, I'm just look to look back at that and go like, what the hell? I was still a kid, right? I, I was still a child. And I, I truly believed that I was not feminine enough, that my, my body was, was too boyish. I was a kid. I had just graduated high school for God's sake. Like, yeah. yeah. I was not a woman yet. I, I didn't have a woman's body yet. I was 105 pounds. Um, but something that actually came up for me recently as I, I'm diving into, I'm, I'm starting my own podcast. I'm launching my own podcast. And so I'm, I'm writing out some of my my experience and my, thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> the next podcast, um, we're launching in January, but I um in in writing out, you know, some of the content, I had to really sit with some things. And I had had something come up just a couple of days ago for the first time that, that was a really impactful realization on this exact topic, which was, you know, for, for me, yes, it was absolutely about the, the expectation of what a woman is supposed to look like. Right. Mm -hmm. I was 105 pounds. I was five, three, I was very thin and I was beautiful, but I didn't see it. You know, I, all I saw was, was the neighbor mixing me up with my little brother at the grocery store from behind, right? Or like those kinds of experiences or my my mom making the joke that if I stood sideways and stuck out my tongue, I looked like a zipper. Like those are, right? Mom. Yeah, right? And it's never meant to be hurtful, but it is. Those those body comments yeah. are, are hurtful to young girls. But I, the, the realization that I was, I was getting ready to share with you is that for me as a young woman, I grew up with a a mother who had breast implants. My mother was young when she got her breast implants. She was, she was 28. So I was way younger, but 28 is still pretty young. Right. Um, But my aunts have breast implants. My cousins have breast implants. All of the major women in my life have breast implants. All of the women that I looked up to the most as a child and, and a young woman had breast implants, which, which means that they had the, belief that they needed them to be something right to be sexy to be beautiful in my case i there there was this deep seated need to be accepted by the women in my life and i think that that was a a major factor in why i pursued breast implants so early was not just for for male attention right what's funny about it i i got my breast implants and hated them from day 1 because all of a sudden guys are looking at me and like the cat calls went crazy mm-hmm. and I hate that attention. Um, Isn't that funny how it's like you, you wanted to show up in a certain way, but yet you don't care for that attention. And yeah, as a young woman at 19, really? like, are we ready for that kind of attention? Like really? Or, or are we going to get some, some early life lessons that are going to be very rough? It was, it was, it was not what I expected. Right. I, I mean, it was totally not what I expected, but I, I definitely, so there, there was certainly a part of it that wanted, you know, the male attention um, because I, that's what I, I thought sure. was expected of me. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was, there was a big part of me that just wanted to be accepted by the women I love. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If, like you said, all of the the major women role models in your mm -hmm. life had had followed this path and led by example, of course you're going to feel like that. And and it's true, you know, um, young women, you know, when you haven't developed yet, and oftentimes even as you go into your your twenties and thirties, if you haven't had children yet, and even sometimes afterwards, you're still not going to develop yet. And it's oftentimes we don't until we've had the children, the body's doing its natural thing. We've mm -hmm. breastfed, we've gone through all of that physical change and process to, to where our bodies change naturally. And, uh, I recall, and I, and I say sometimes for women, because I had three children and I was still fairly flat chested oh, and yeah. I was like, why is that? Because my mom, who is, who is real thin, flat chested, when she had children, then she developed. And I'm like, why can't I develop too? And my cousins, they didn't have any issues. And I'm like, what is going on here? So we're all built differently. Our, no matter even if it's, you know, genes, it doesn't necessarily mean that those are going to show through uh, to our to what we're expecting that's going to happen. And without that knowledge to know that the bodies are also different, uh, you know, but you were born into such unique personalities and unique beings, both inside and out. And I think that's what makes the, the world beautiful and colorful, because if we were all the same, it'd be a pretty boring place. Yes. But so I'm curious, Cheyenne, what, what was it? When was it that you kind of started learning that and understanding that? Um, understanding the just that we we all have different bodies that you know that you you might not develop until later on was that something that did yeah. you know that at that young age or did were you just pretty oblivious to all of that information yeah honestly i think 19 year old me had had an expectation of what beautiful was that wasn't mine right i i didn't write that script for my myself but i did I did heavily subscribe to it and it, it was super thin. It was the hourglass figure. It was big boobs, big butt, thin waist, right? And yeah. and I subscribed to that from, from the beginning, from day one, right? I, I was taught that's what beautiful was. And so it took a really long time for me to, I, I ended up going through a, a really rough transition in my early 20s where I had married and divorced my high school sweetheart and there was this big separation um from my family and as weird as it is that was super healing for me because it, it allowed me the opportunity to have to question everything about myself right all all of my my personal beliefs all of my my expectations and I hadn't quite realized I, I had had health issues the whole time um, but it wasn't until much later that I realized it was my breast implants that were making me very, very sick. That's but really I, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I questioned everything then, but but when I when I got sick, but noticeably sick, when when I made the connection and I realized my my boobs were the problem, um, that's when for the first time I genuinely had to look at like what why do I care? Like why why do I my husband mm -hmm. isn't a big boob guy? He doesn't yeah. like boobs. I had huge boobs. Right. And so like, if he genuinely likes small boobs, why do I care so much about taking these out? And so it, it was, it wasn't until I was 30 in my early thirties and, and face to face with these things are killing me that I looked at, at wow. changing my body perspective. And what's so funny, oh my gosh, if you look at some of these women today, like, like Zendaya, for example, right? Like absolutely stunning. No boobs. <laughs> yeah right and like stunning but but I couldn't have ever even seen that before yeah it wasn't so, modeled mm -hmm. yeah it wasn't modeled it well and I love that you bring up your your husband because I and I'm I don't know all of the stats on this or you know I'm sure that probably there's been some research done and, and some people asking what do men really want or do they even care you know how much do they care? But I think that when it comes to intimacy and love and, and a real connection with partnership, you know, what, what does matter? And, and if it does, you know, 
everybody's going to find the right partner for them when it makes sense. Right. And sometimes I wonder, and Cheyenne, I would love to know your perspective on this, but because of that, I always thought women really dress up and show up for other women. What are your thoughts on that? I, I think we do. So there, I have a two part answer. <laughs> One, I, I think we dress for ourselves. We, I, I really do. I think there's, there's this level of like, what, what do I want to wear in order to get the attention or, or feel the way I want to feel, but that is based in what we want from other people. Right. And, and so women, I think naturally actually lean more towards giving a shit about what other women think, not, not men. Yeah. I, I think that that's oftentimes the case. And so, you know, because of that though, you know, as far as going into what we think our peers, mm -hmm. you know, what, you know, expect of us or how we should look and societal expectations and all of the things it really plays a role in how we, we show up. And I think sadly we have to go through some pretty, intense situations for us to have an understanding of that. And so much of it is identities and it's based in those belief systems. Those beliefs are created from our environment and the people around us. It is. And, and I think it's important to, to note there that like in my case, right, the women around me weren't out to get me. They weren't out to hurt me. Right. But but they came from a space that they didn't believe they were enough as they were. And because that wasn't addressed for them before I came into the picture, those are the people I'm looking up to the most, right? I, I adored my mom. I love my mom to this day, right? I, I love the women in my life. And so those women were my environment and their insecurities bled in to me because that's who I was around. And that's, that's the natural way of things. But that's why it's so, so important for women who it doesn't matter if you have kids or not, right? That you impact people, right? We impact each other. And so you're, you're going to impact the people that you're around, whether it be young women or older women or, or middle-aged, it doesn't matter. Like we're, we're impacting each other. And so the stronger we are about deciding what beauty means for ourselves and aligning those expectations of beauty with what's healthy and with real bodies, the better we're all <laughs> going to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you allow your body to do what it what it needs to do. So curious, though, Cheyenne, yes. all of that said, you know, talking about family and the, the people who are surrounding us and influencing us, when you stepped into this new passion that you have, and that the advocacy of teaching, coaching, you know, all of this thing, educating the world of the potentials in this. What was the response from your family and the women who have impacted you? You know, it it was, it's really an interesting experience because, and, and I can totally attest to this because I had, the first time I learned about breast implant illness was from a good friend of mine after she had chose to have her breast implants removed because she believed they were making her very sick. Um, they were, and she got so much better. And I remember that conversation with her, April. I remember her listing out a whole long list of symptoms that were better. And I believe I even said, yeah, that's probably what's happening to me too. But I was not at all in a place or or, or a headspace willing to admit at the time that my breast implants were a possibility as a problem, right? Or, or the source. Mm. Sure. Nowhere near being willing. It, it wasn't until four years later after that conversation that I actually faced that as a real possibility for the first time. Um, so when, when I first started bringing it up, I had friends who responded very similarly to me. I had family who responded very similarly to me, which was to back away and go like, that's not like good for you. I'm, I hope I don't want to hear it. Right. But I'm, I'm not in the space to hear it. And I, I totally yeah. get it because it is when, when we talk about removing breast implants, we're not just talking about taking out breast implants. We're talking about facing every single insecurity that yeah. got us to the point of putting those breast implants in, in the first place. Right. right. So it, it's a massive conversation. It's not just this little like vein 
like, oh, my boobs are this big or this big. Like that's, that's not it. Right. Um, Goes deep. It's a, it's a, there's humility, there's insecurity, there's identity, there's Mm -hmm. all of those things that are so tied up in this. And, and you're right. It's, we're not going there. I don't want to talk to you. I'm not ready for that. And, and it's hard because so so it's the fear of going through that emotional roller coaster process of addressing it and facing it. Yeah. And that that was hard, you know, for for a lot of people. And so what I found it really interesting that the people in my life that I was the most worried about potentially going through this as well were a lot of them were the people that were like, no, 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 no. I don't want to have that conversation. Right. Um, as I just started sharing my story and quit quit trying to push it on the people I love and just sharing it, more and more people that I would have never even known had breast implants started reaching out, right? And started started asking questions and started inquiring. And so it very much is a personal journey and yeah. we have to take it in the steps when we're ready and that's okay. But my my family, like my, my mom, were looking at um, a lot of her issues may also be her breast implants. Um, but there's a financial aspect to removing it, right? Because yeah. it's still considered cosmetic. Doctors are not considering even explanting without new implants as as medically required. So there's a whole bunch of right. hurdles that we're facing. Mm. Cheyenne, I love, love, love that you brought up once you stopped pushing it on the people that you felt needed to hear it, mm-hmm. that things started opening up when you really just were like, I'm just sharing it. And, and I, th- I think that that's very, very powerful. I'm so pleased that you brought that up because I think that's in relation to so many things. And because that can really, really hold us back when we care about what our family says and, and the people that we, we, we love and trust. And w- when their opinion matters so much and it's not supportive in any way, and we don't feel heard or listened to, it, it can easily cause us to back down and feel like, well, this isn't going to work and it, and, and, and they don't feel like it matters. So what's the point? Yeah. And I'm sure that you felt that way very much. So I wanted to, to lay on that concept a little bit too, because I, again, I think that that can be said for so many things in life. When we advocate for ourselves and our health and our wellness. And we learn about all of the things that are working for us. And we get excited about that. And then we share it with friends and family who are like, yeah, I'm not excited about it. And I don't care. And <laughs> it, it, it can become very hurtful. And, and then yeah, we just, yeah. we, we, we can get stuck there. And then we're not really wanting to do the things that we're able to do. You can tell that I've been through this because I'm talking about it. <laughs> so I know that other people have to, and I just love to bring that up because, um, because I want people to, you know, if there's something that you're passionate about, like Cheyenne here, who is obviously passionate about this incredible niche, you know, topic, that, yeah. that is wonderful that that needs to be shared with the world. And if you have something like that, then don't let other people's opinions stop you and read the four agreements because that's always helpful. But Cheyenne, I wanted to bring up I, <laughs> I I have to read that book, you know, every every so many years because <laughs> I have to remind myself, and it's a constant thing, right? The journey, you don't cap off at a self-development thing. You know, you have to just continuously improve yourself and continuously grow because that's just how we're designed. Uh, but I, I see behind you and I started bringing up Brian Bradley, who shares the stage with Tony Robbins very often with the ego school method. And um, I saw that you have the life force book oh, of yeah. Tony Robbins in the background. I have this one too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, perfect. And <laughs> But yeah, life force, um, think like a monk, cleanse to heal with uh, Anthony William. All all those are my my go-tos. <laughs> yeah, so uh, definitely on, on the right platform here. It's so exciting to be able to share that. And, you know, that tells me a lot, Cheyenne, about as you've been going through this journey and, you know, learning that 
you know, the cause and effect of symptoms that are showing up through, mm -hmm. you know, physically in your body and, and even impairing mental thoughts and capacity, right? Because it all really relates. So what were some of the things that, I mean, how, what were the things that were showing up for you physically that, that were affecting you for, I mean, how many years were you experiencing some, some dis-ease? A lot, a lot. And it, you know, so what, what's wild that, like I said, I got my implants in when I was 19, right? So I was super young. Um, in that first year, April, I had no idea what I was facing, but I went from having really great skin to a breakout every now and then, maybe when I was on my period to full blown cystic acne that was so mm. bad. I had to get shots in my face to help because the acne was so painful. Um, all that happened within in the first year. And so I, I ended up like they put me on horrible medication for acne. Like it was this big thing. So the first symptom I ever experienced was severe cystic acne um, that we got under control with medication. And that same year, though, I started experiencing this burning sensation in my skin where it would go through phases. And so doctors kept saying it was associated with my hormones or or, you know, my cycle or whatever was going on in my body at the time, but my skin would get so sensitive and it, it felt like I had a, a sunburn really bad, but on the inside. And mm. so you couldn't touch me. I, I am known to be a hugger. And I was like, like, please don't touch me. Like even, even just the softest touch on my arm, I could feel where somebody had touched me for hours. And so I, I, I would back away. I, it caused um, some real disconnect for me psychologically, right? That, that created some separation for me um, and, and depression started. But th those things I suffered with really heavily in the, that first one to two years. And then it, it kind of evened out for a while. And so I, I, no doctor I was seeing for this stuff was making any connection to my, my implants at the time, right? So, and that was 2010 to 2011. Um, I had my implants in April for 10, over 10 years. Okay. And in that time I developed extreme issues with my digestive system. I saw a gastro specialist several times over that decade. No, no, um, solutions other than medication that I did go on because I, I, I would go through phases of severe constipation or severe diarrhea where I couldn't even leave the house. And it was just this massive cycle. And so they wanted to put me on medication. I, I've, I've never been somebody who wants to take medication. And so I was, I was, I pushed back on it for a while anyway, but I tried it. Um, it worked for a little while and then it stopped working. So that was something I suffered with for a really long time. But over, over that 10 years, those, those one to two symptoms gradually turned into 40. And, and there, there is actually over 50 serious side effects that are directly associated with breast implants. Um, but, but the biggest ones that I personally suffered with early on was the acne, then the, the, the IBS or bowel issues. And then I started really suffering from headaches. Um, headaches got to be just a normal part of my life. Like I, I always had headaches and they, they ranged from serious migraines to just a, a throbbing sinus headache to weird random pains to stabbing ice pick headaches, which ultimately landed me in the hospital and was when my husband finally um, brought up the conversation with my friend from four years ago and was like, hey, maybe we really need to consider that, that your breast implants are the problem. All of that happened because I landed in the ER with a headache that was so bad, we thought I was having a stroke because the right side of my body started going numb. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts 
We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Oh, wow. So that's a, this is great because, well, it's not great. <laughs> We're going through this. Uh, but what, what I'm hearing, though, is that your husband listened and thought in the back of his mind, maybe something that your friend said has some sort of relation here. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm telling you that even though I was not ready to hear the conversation, which is why I'm, I'm one of the reasons I'm so passionate about sharing my experience now, right? Because yeah. somebody's going to listen to this and they may not take action for four years, but she's going to remember Cheyenne Burnett who suffered like hell and got her breast implants out and now feels amazing. I haven't had a headache in over a year. I just got my implants out a year ago. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. So that did make a big difference. Right. Oh, and, and respiratory issues. April, I'm 32 and fairly healthy. Like if you, if you see it, like I'm, I'm a, a pretty healthy human being. Um, I, I got to the point where the 12 stairs from the bottom floor of my house to my son's bedroom, I could not walk up without having to stop to take a breath. And it, it wasn't like, like my body was tired. It was that my lungs physically could not get enough air to do 12 stairs. So exercise was out the door. Like I couldn't breathe. Mm -hmm. Right. And nobody was helping me figure out why, like asthma was a, I was tested for asthma. I was tested for all these different things and nobody was coming up with a reason why this was happening to me. Right. And I kid you not from the time I got my breast implants out, I have not had a single respiratory issue. Wow. Incredible. Well, Cheyenne, I'm curious through your research. I mean, this is, this is extensive studies now that you're doing, and, and that's why you're uh, showing up the way that you do to educate others. What did you find is actually happening, happening to the body with implants in? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question because that when I, you know, when we, we go to get implants, like, 19 year old me was like, I know what it's made of, right? They're made of silicone or they're made of saline, right? Mm -hmm. the, the reality is so much bigger than that because a saline implant, which so many people will, will say is safer, right? Cause it's filled with salt water, not safer, first of all. But the, the reality is they're all based in a hard silicone shell. So all of them have a silicone shell that's filled with either saline or silicone. They all have, regardless of if it's filled with saline or filled with silicone, between 40 and 80 different chemical compounds and heavy metals inside, because that's what they use to create the ability for it to stay solid or, or gel-like or um, the, the substance. I have, I have to show my, my gapped mouth hair, like, oh, like, <laughs> what? Right, yeah, right. Oh, so you're not just getting salt water if you're getting saline implants. You're getting 40 to 80 different chemicals and heavy it metals. Makes sense. I mean, it, it makes sense, definitely. Right? And yeah. they, they range, right? Because different different manufacturers use yep. different tools. So some have tin on the outside, some have tin on the inside, some have aluminum, some have mercury, um, which is really important to understand because one thing that that came up in my battle was doctors are like, well, women are having all these different symptoms. So if it's all the same thing, they're, they'd all have the same symptoms. And that's BS because they don't all have the same ingredients, but they all have heavy metal, right? They all have yeah. chemicals. They all have the ability to grow mold, which I'm sure you know is extremely toxic. So yeah. saline and silicone implants grow wow. black mold inside. Holy geez, that's incredible. So depending on your specific body, your specific ingredients, right? The ingredients specific to your implants and how your immune system responds to those things, you could have one or 101 different symptoms. Right. And so the, the reality that's happening is, let's talk about research, April. <laughs> like how the F did these things even end up in people's bodies? Right. Well, the same way that the food ends up on the shelf. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> the, the FDA never approved them because they didn't even start monitoring medical devices until years 
after breast implants had made it onto the market. So nobody was required to prove that these things were safe in the first place. And and chemical cleaning products, by the way, I want to add that in too, because all of those products and things where we assume they are safe because they are there for mm-hmm. use and consumption. And we we just automatically assume when it couldn't be farther from the truth. And I think yeah. that's a very, very common thing now that people are finally, it's, it's becoming more general knowledge and understanding. And yet people still do it. Of course, just like when you are given, when you're signing the papers to get these implants, it mm-hmm. has all of the potential side effects. And you said there's what, 50 some? side effects and that is listed and you sign off on it because we we're so like I want what I want I I want the cleaning products that work and tear away the entire layer so it's perfectly clean I want you know or I want the chemicals that get rid of the bugs because I don't want the bugs you know instead of and it's fast easy fix like you know and and considering the foods that we eat when I want the cheeseburger because it tastes good and it's going to, you know, you know, take care of my fix that I want immediately. Then, you know, it's so easy. And, and really I would, I would argue it's nobody's fault because we are conditioned to, and then the environment is designed that way. Just like 19 year old Cheyenne had no idea. And because this is, this is her world. And this is our world. And because it's our world, we we're, we're, we're playing along as we think we should play along in it. Right. I was, I was not equipped to come up against a billion dollar industry mm. psychologically. Yeah, like that, that Right. 19 year old me, the women we're not, we're designed to walk They're They're designing the path to walk us down. Right. They're, they're saying you're not good enough without these. This is what beautiful mm. is like. You have to get this in order to be beautiful. And so it's no wonder that five, three, 105 pound Cheyenne ended up in that room trying on breast implants going, what is my body going to look like when it's perfect? Right. It's it's no wonder that women get breast implants after they have kids because their, their expectation of beautiful is before kids. Right, because we're society has positioned we've where women are over sexualized, are, are like what is beautiful is just not even real anymore. You know, like, like but when you sit down and you have real conversations with people like motherhood being beautiful. <laughs> Excuse me, French, but but it totally is, you know what I mean? And and like my my husband and the way he looks at me is beautiful. And I I am beautiful, I have scars. And I have been through this, this really horrific ordeal and I am strong and I am beautiful. And so are like Robin Tao is one of my dearest friends who suffered from breast cancer multiple times. And she will say that her breast implants and, and breast implant illness was worse than, than cancer. And like, we, we don't deserve wow. that. That's a beautiful journey. Wow. That's a hellish journey. It is a hellish journey. I agree with you. And so going back to what it's doing to mm-hmm. the body yeah, is what well, the body is trying so hard to reject constantly. And, and it's fighting this poison that has been placed, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's this continuous battle of, of the body trying to reject it and fight the poison that doesn't go away. It's not like you just ingested it once or it's a topical chemical that eventually the body can fight off and and, Mm -hmm. and flush through. It's not that because it's remaining. So it's this cycle, this continuous loop and cycle. And so that for a second, because I I think that's really important to understand because even, even if, even if it was just silicone and it wasn't, leaching into your body chemicals and heavy metals let's just take that off the table for a second okay say say it's just a hard plastic substance going in your body it immediately triggers the immune system right because we are not meant to have plastic inside our body and so regardless of what's happening after it breaks down your your immune system is immediately impacted because now it's on high alert that there is this 
foreign substance in your body that is not supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. And so now imagine your immune system is on high alert for one, three, five, 10 years. It's no wonder things start breaking down in other places, right? And we start seeing other symptoms come up and other, other issues. But, but the reality is that's not all that's happening, right? What we know for sure is, is there's a term called gel bleed. And that means that even though they're saying that these, these implants, the products, the, the chemicals and heavy metals stay inside, which first of all, like, let's talk about the logic behind that. Like, this is poison, but we're going to put it in a bag first. So that makes sense, right? Like we should, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but the, the, the fact of the matter is the outer shell is, is permeable. It, it soaks through over time. Um, and mm -hmm. so, and, and they know that because we, we have studies that prove that silicone and, and other heavy metals and chemicals have been found in women's brains, in their lungs, in their livers, throughout their entire bodies. And so yeah. the, the contents is making its way into your tissue. And the, the biggest issue or, or one of the biggest issues is important minerals and things that we actually need, like magnesium, um, impacting brain function, like you brought up earlier, right? Um, that was my brain function is wild. Like I memory loss and word recall failure and like a whole bunch of crazy brain stuff too is a big symptom of mine. But basically what happens is, is those chemicals and heavy metals start forcing their way into your cells and taking up space for where things that we actually need live. And so then it impacts brain function, it impacts organ function and ultimately impacts your, your ability to live. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a very pleasant experience to me. <laughs> well, we're going to go into our commercial. And when we get back, Cheyenne, this is such a cool topic. Um, you know, and I think it's very, very needed for so many people. And uh, once we get back from this commercial, we have a very powerful photo to share. So stay tuned. I want to let you know about my next group program, Health Kickstart and Detox. The best way to start diving into your health is to start looking at nutrition, the right way to eat for your body and understanding that as well as digestion because you are what you absorb and not just what you eat. So I teach how to ensure your digestive system is even turned on so that you can benefit from the food that you're putting into your body. So I combine all of this learning in a group program for support for you, along with setting you up for success. So click the show notes to learn more about the program. The link is there. I look forward to hearing from you. All right. Welcome back. So Cheyenne, wow. Thank you so much for educating us on all of the things I love to know, you know, kind of what's happening medically, scientifically with all of the things. So I appreciate you explaining that so much. It's fascinating. It also brings us to so much of a deeper understanding of exactly what's happening, why it's happening. And, you know, adding to that, that the, you know, even if the chemical uh, components are different makeups, which it sounds like they very much are different, different, uh, processing, um, different places that they're created. I am not even speaking clearly on that, but, uh, you know, the, the, how they're built, how they're created, all of the different chemicals and things. So they're the different makeup and components of that will affect our bodies differently. And because our bodies are so different, the, the symptoms are going to show up differently at different times because we're all different and we're all consuming different things. We're in different environments and all of those things have a play. So <laughs> it, it makes sense that why it takes so long to diagnose things because, you know, there, there is no set thing oftentimes, especially for complex things like this, where you didn't really expect the, to, to be the source and the main cause. But yeah. once you have gone, you know, you, you figured it out, you had the implants removed. I would love to know what was that process? What did it feel like? How long did it take for you to recoup? And when did you start noticing, you know, the, the changes? 
you know, um, it's such a wild, wild experience because I, so I, I went through, through the steps psychologically, right. I came to terms with the fact that I knew based on, I, once, once I was willing to admit that, okay, maybe it's possible. I went on a full fledged ride of 400 plus hours of my own research and, and dove into all sorts of possibilities and, and understanding of how this could actually be impacting me. And that's how I was able to literally draw a line from every single one of my symptoms to my breast implants. And so by the time I got my breast implants out, I understood the value of what it means to remove your breast implants the right way, what a capsule is, why the capsule needs to be removed, like all, all of these, these major important steps that need to be part of the conversation if you're willing to remove your implants. Because if you just have somebody go in and pop them out, you're not going to get better. Um, and, and that's really important to understand because you're, well, that's you're really, yeah, that's really interesting. I, I wouldn't have thought about that and I'm sure I'm glad we're talking about it because I'm sure so many people wouldn't consider that or know that it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to get them removed and that's, right. that'll be that. Right. But you're saying that there's a distinct process of doing this as a correct way to do it and an incorrect and, and it all is going to decipher the outcome of, of. Yeah. Yeah, it, it totally does. So just, just to quickly understand what's happening. So picture an orange, right? Um, a super toxic and like moldy, gross orange, but an orange nonetheless. <laughs> um, if, if the orange is inside, right, the part we eat is inside, um, our bodies are incredible. And they go through this massive process to try to protect us when we get our, our implants put in. And so it literally builds this outer shell, which is like the pulp and the, the peel of the orange. And it builds this shell of tissue to try to house all those toxins inside and keep them from, from getting into your body or keep it from the foreign body from um, impacting your immune system. It can't do that. It can't keep it from impacting your immune system because it's it's there. Um, and we know that those toxics, uh, toxic chemicals and, and poisons leach into that tissue. And so if you go in and you slice open that pocket of tissue, one, there's the, the possibility to have toxins that that tissue has absorbed mm -hmm. into the body. Yeah. Right. But a lot of, uh, a lot of women had that happen where they, they went in, they sliced that pocket open, pulled the implant out and left that corroded, um, toxic tissue inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it defeats the purpose. It's mm -hmm. you, you think you're doing something great, but because it was done incorrectly or in that process, yeah. you're, you're still leaving the residue of the chemicals that are, are, are still there. Your immune system is still going to respond. Right. And so you have to have a surgeon who knows what they're doing to fully remove that capsule tissue in order to, to fully heal. So I went through a, a long process of finding the right surgeon, figuring out the right questions to ask her what testing needs to be done with the tissue. Cause now there's three cancers that the FDA is willing to admit breast implants are causing. So you need to know what testing needs to be done. Right. Um, cause just sending it to pathology, if something looks weird is not not the answer, yeah. um, which so well, many of I, can we pause on this for just a second? Because Cheyenne, I want to go back to the doctors that yeah. you have to, you have to find the right doctor. You said somebody that really knows how to do the process correctly. Now through your research, are, are there doctors that are really on board? And, and if so, how many, is it rare? Like what, what were your findings when it comes to doctors? You know, unfortunately, the number of doctors who still advocate that breast implants are safe is very high. And that's really sickening because there's not a single study in over 60 years on the market, April, there's not a single study ever that has been proven that breast implants won't hurt us. And so, you know, there, there's doctors like, I, I can't tell you, I, I met with 16 before I found the doctor I was willing to wow. have. And so they, they are hard to find, <laughs> but they are out there, the ones that believe in breast implant illness and have really taken the steps necessary to understand how to help us heal, um, which is rather than the women who are, are looking at this for themselves, having to hunt down 16 different surgeons to decide which one, um, I have created a free resource on my website where it's a full list of doctors that I recommend looking into that oh, are not cool. 
in breast implant illness. I'm so yeah. glad I asked because right? you have that information right on your website. Perfect. Yeah. It, ladies and gentlemen, this lady, she's really going to help you out here if this is a topic that, and you, right. I'm sure many people know. I mean, this is, this is something that so many women are drawn to. And, you know, what's beautiful about this is, you know, as you start to expose yourself, you know, as you're doing here and you're sharing your story and you start to get out there more and more, it gives women something to land on in consideration prior to making the decision to get them in the first place. And there's, that's so beautiful. So, and what I, what I also hear out of this Cheyenne too, and I want to, I want, I want to bring this to, to light is you were experiencing so many complications. And when you, your heart was set on, I believe that the reason I've been suffering for 10 years is because of these implants. You were devoted to finding, you know, an answer to getting them removed. 16 doctors. Is that correct? You said yeah. that's incredible. That's devotion. That's I care. And so I'm curious, what is, what is your underlining reason? I know you're a mother of three beautiful children. You have a healthy relationship with a loving husband who, again, by the way, was the one who said, hey, maybe we should consider what your friend said about breast implants. Yeah, this is all his fault. It's all his fault. What a, what a great husband. What a supportive human being. I love that. That's a that's power couple. I love that. So, but what I want to, I want to ask you, you know, oftentimes we're, we're driven to make the decisions that we are and you going to 16 different doctors and taking your time and your energy to do it properly, correctly, because it meant that much to you. What was the underlining essence for that? Oh, I, this will make me cry. Um, April, I, I really did get to a point where I felt like my life was at risk, right? I, I couldn't breathe. My head hurt so bad all the time. And the fatigue I was experiencing, like I, I have, at the time my little boy was two. And there was days that we would go to the park and I did not have the energy to be with him and be present. And that wasn't the mother that I wanted to be. And then when, when the respiratory stuff really kicked in, it, it, I didn't have any respiratory issues really until that last six months. And when that started happening and then I landed in the emergency room with, with the headaches, I, um, I, I was just, I was so afraid that I wasn't going to get to be there to raise my baby. And that fear ultimately drove me to go, okay, what if it is my breast implants? What if, what if Brad's right? Right. What if, what if that is something I need to be considering? And so once I went down that path and I started doing the research and understanding how high the probability was that what all of these things that I was suffering from, from was my, my breast implants. And I understood that if I, if I trusted just the, whatever plastic surgeon, right? Like I called the plastic surgeon that put them in and he's like, yeah, I'll take them out and I'll charge you eight grand for it. And I don't believe in breast implant illness, but it, I, I started realizing that if this is something I am suffering from, if I go to a doctor that doesn't believe in this illness or isn't concerned that this illness exists for women and is willing to put breast implants in, why would I expect them to care about mm -hmm. removing all of the toxic tissue? They don't believe mm -hmm. in it. They're not going to be looking for it. Right. And so if it came down to, for me, I need to make sure that I'm here to raise my son and the best possible way to do that is to ensure that I work with a surgeon who truly believes in what I'm saying I believe is happening to my body and will look for it. And that that's why it took 16. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, Cheyenne. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's that's the real, that's the root. That's the emotion behind it, right? That's the why. And especially when we become parents and we have this, this moment of, am I going to be able to show up in the capacity that I need to for my children? Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's so moving and I can relate with you, Cheyenne, because 
I, I think that's why, well, I know that's why I, I didn't want my disease to define me. I didn't want to accept it because I was damned if I was going to, you know, have my children care for me when I was supposed to be caring for them. Yeah. And I feel like you were very much there. And so it makes sense then why you pushed so hard for this. And it makes sense then that once you had the operation done properly by a doctor who cared, mm -hmm. and you're right, I mean, that the exchange of energy is so important too. And I think that for us to advocate for ourselves and to have a voice when we do go and seek care or any engagement. I mean, I don't care what it is, but if we have something important to us and whoever is working alongside us or a part of that journey, if yeah. they don't see the same vision, then it, they shouldn't be involved. Period. Totally and it's time to move on to the next person because somebody right. is going to see what you see and care about what you care about. So... Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's incredible. It was, it was a lot, but it was so worth it. Right. And, but that's also why I don't want women to have to like breast implant illness is exhausting. Like you feel like garbage all the time. Like the last thing I want is for you to have to go find 16 different surgeons and to narrow down one. Right. So go to explantsecrets.com. There's an entire list there and the questions that you need to be asking. Cause you should still ask your own questions. Yeah. I'll bring this up. So it's bigger www.explantsecrets.com. And of course, that'll be in the description, guys. All of the links, the link to the, uh, oh, what is it called? I'm sorry, the, the quiz, the quiz okay. that you can take, that is there. All of those things are there. And, you know, Cheyenne, what, what you've created with the, the business and how you have been so moved and inspired to show up differently. You're moving at a very rapid pace because mm -hmm. you said it's been uh, a little over a year or what have you since you've had them out. You're feeling so incredible that it has inspired you so much to, to share your voice and share the wisdom and educate as many people as you possibly can to expose the information. And you've done that through many different things, creating the business. And by the way, the branding is exceptional. Of course, you can see everyone the way that she shows up. She's beautiful. And <laughs> you're welcome. So the, the TEDx talk that you've yeah. recently done is, is super, I, I'm just, I've got to say, I'm just so impressed at the, the pace, the rapid pace that you are sharing this. And to me, it just, it just shows how passionate you are about this. And I want to bring this photo in and add this into the stage because this is the photo that I mentioned that is very, very powerful because Cheyenne, you, you had breast implants, you had a certain look, physique, and then you're, you're showing up now as you are. And this is what that looks like. Now that is sexy. That is I mean, and, and power pose. I mean, come on, <laughs> beautiful, confident, uh, lovely, sexy again. Yeah. Just, just gorgeous woman. And, and I hear from explant. So I do not have breast implants in that photo. And it was less than a year from the time I had them removed. I had them removed August 17th, 2022. Yeah. So I, I just think that that's very empowering for so many people to witness that we we bring this in because um, I was I was just pleased that you you sent me these. I I love it. I think there's a huge um, statement here, a a huge you know realization and understanding of of what this can do for somebody if they choose. Oh yeah, April. I I genuinely feel more like myself today without breast implants than I ever have in my entire life. And I'm, I'm healthier. I'm happier. I have more energy. I'm more clear. And I, I have such a, a drive to help women find that because when you define what beautiful means for yourself, girl, it is such a good feeling because I, I don't care anymore that my boobs aren't X, Y, Z size. Like I don't have double D's. Right. And, and that's okay. Cause I'm still so sexy. 
And it doesn't matter if I'm a size bigger in jeans, like I've, I've got the mom role and I'm good with it because one, that's not who I am, right? That That's a part of me. And I am so much more than that. And every single woman listening to this, you're so much more than your boobs. You're so much more than, than whatever thing about your body that you're picking at in the mirror. And for the first time in my life, I'm able to actually really see that. And that, that was something I think it's just a funny thing to share. I I was so concerned about what my body was going to look like after breast implants, right? I was so worried that I was going to hate my boobs and I ended up loving them. And then I started picking on my legs and I'm like, oh, the cellulite, oh, that's a problem. And like all of a sudden my, my hatred for my chest like shifted to my butt and my boot or my legs. And I, I had to go, oh, like, so this is this this whole like plastic surgery th thing never fixed anything, right? It, it's mm. all unfair. And so it's been it's been a beautiful journey of of self acceptance and self love. And I can finally look in the mirror and go, you know what? I might not love that, but I love me, and I'm mm. proud of where I'm at. And I'm still healing. Like I'm literally just uh, just over a year out, right? I'm I'm still healing. I've got time. Yeah, that's beautiful. I really love that you brought that up. That. It, it wasn't the fix all. And again, that goes back to, to Brian's statement of why did you do it in the first place? Because when you have, uh, when you have them removed, what is that going to fix? Because mm -hmm. let's go, well, let's go back down to stemming issues and what self-love really means and self-acceptance really means. And that is not easy to get to. And what I also appreciate about what you're saying Cheyenne is that it is again like mentioned in the beginning it's this constant journey it's this constant upkeep and reflection and understanding and growth and acknowledgement but that is so much easier when you're looking at the real you right like when, when you're looking in the mirror and going like this is who I really am right now and this is a beautiful like that's a really cool place to to find yourself and it's, it's been, it's been a wonderful experience. And I, I will say I would take smaller boobs over 40 symptoms <laughs> any damn day. <laughs> so we have, I, I want to share this photo too, because this is, this is one of your babies. This is the, the reason underneath yeah. everything. Look at that. And... <laughs> yeah. He's, that's my little boy. So I, I am so blessed. I, I met my husband who had two daughters before me. And so we, I accumulated the two coolest kids I could have ever possibly accumulated in that relationship. And so we became a family of four immediately. And then Brad and, and I had Severio. And so he's the only one I've ever birthed, but I have three and, and him and his older sister, Bella were at TEDx with me as I delivered my, my speech this year. And that was, was a really profoundly awesome experience for me as a, a woman, as an individual and as a mother. You know, I, I love this picture too, Cheyenne, because first off, he's adorable. And, <laughs> uh, so let's let's make that number one for sure, because he is. And I love that you really have shined some light. This is kind of like we get to be there as the audience to experience what that looks like for a TEDx environment. And it's a really cool scene. So I love that you share that and you bring that up. Cheyenne, it has been Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story, your journey, your wisdom, and educating us here today on, on so many things that, uh, you know, shining light, th so many things that I didn't know, and many of us do not know. So you have been brilliant. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience today? You know, I think, especially on the topic of breast implant illness specifically, um, if you are listening to this and you, are questioning if maybe this is something that could be impacting your health. Know that it's okay if it feels really scary. Like if this is a super scary conversation, that's the perfect thing to feel. If you don't want to get your breast implants out, that's the perfect thing to feel. But do yourself a favor and give yourself the information to be able to make a fully informed decision about your health. I have a bunch of free information and resources at explantsecrets.com. And going to the website and downloading the free resources and reading through the information is not committing to removing your implants, but it is committing to giving yourself 
the chance at real advocacy and the chance at real real education. So I'm with you and I love you and you're beautiful no matter if you have breast implants or don't or want them or don't. I've got you. <laughs> and it's, you're going to be good. You're going to be okay. I love that. I, I mean, truly, again, thank you so much for being a guest on the Wellness Driven Life Show, Cheyenne. It's been awesome. Great oh, spending cool. time with you. Love it. And thank you so much to our audience here today. Without you, the show wouldn't be possible. So thank you so much for being here, for supporting us. And if you have any questions for Cheyenne, be sure to leave them in the comment section. We will get back with you and, and find her and check out her website, utilize those resources. My goodness, Cheyenne obviously offers an incredible amount of resources for you. So awesome, awesome, awesome. You are just a powerhouse and I love that. So again, thank you for being on the show and goodbye for now, everyone. And we will see you next time.